Hey everybody, my name is Michael Bunnell and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. If you enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating below. Now, it's time to dive deep into the show. How's it going everybody? Thank you guys so much for tuning back into the podcast. My name is Michael Bunnell. As always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. In today's podcast, we are actually going to be doing something a little bit different. We are going to be doing a book review on David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a summary about this book. And then I also want to go into detail why I think that you must read this book. And I don't say that about too many books, mainly because I haven't read all that many books. But I definitely recommend checking this out. So a little bit about David Goggins. David Goggins grew up in Buffalo, New York. His dad ran a roller rink and basically forced him, uh, his brother and his mother to all work for the roller rink nonstop while his dad was a DJ. And then after they closed the doors, would go gamble all of the money with his friends upstairs. And his childhood was nothing memorable. When his dad would lose all the money, that often translated into physical and emotional abuse towards David Goggins, his brother and his mother. He would come home from school. The minute he got home, he would have to go to work until 2 or 3 in the morning. So the only time that he ever slept as an elementary student was during his classes. Got to the point where he almost failed out of elementary school because he wasn't able to read. He wasn't able to write. He wasn't learning anything all because he was sleeping during that time because it's the only time that he was ever able to sleep. And it got to a point where he described his childhood where he would get abused by his father and he would turn this switch on in his head so that he could block out all the abuse. He could block out all of the pain because it had happened so often that he knew the only way he was ever going to make it through life is if he somehow managed to find a way to flick that switch in his brain to turn off all of the pain. And after years of emotional and physical abuse, him and his mother finally packed up, said enough's enough, and moved to Brazil, Indiana, where they stayed with his mother's parents for a little bit until they managed to find low-income housing for themselves. And I'm sure you guys can imagine rural Indiana in the 1970s wasn't filled with too many African-American males, especially African-American males who hadn't discovered themselves, and so they were trying to seek attention and, as David Goggins said, dressed as a wannabe gangster. And all throughout that time in Indiana, he would only get by his, or he would only pass his classes by cheating off of other people. Because he hadn't learned anything in elementary school, he was a high schooler reading at a third grade level. He had trouble taking tests, and he even openly admits that the only reason he was able to play sports, the only reason that he got his GED was because he cheated off of other people to get through. After finally managing to get through school, he knew he wanted to create a new life for himself and do something meaningful. And he didn't really know what that meant. He didn't know what his life was going to look like. He had this idea that he was going to enlist in the Navy, but the minute he did, his girlfriend ended up getting pregnant. And so instead of achieving or instead of chasing his dream to become a Navy SEAL, he worked as an exterminator. And the story that he tells that switched that light on in his head that said you have to go for it is when it got to be the point where he didn't openly admit what fast food chain it was. He said the ground was covered in cockroaches enough where he was forced to leave the building out of fear. And at that minute, he knew he wasn't going to waste his life being an exterminator and that he wanted to do something meaningful. 
So the next day he walked by the Navy SEALs recruiting offices and told them that he wanted to become a SEAL. Most of them looked at him and said, you're kidding, because he was a 300 pound man that looked out of shape, that looked like they hadn't run a mile in years and he didn't run a mile in years. But the recruiting officer saw potential in him, saw his demeanor and said, okay, I'm going to give you a chance, but here's what you have to do. In the next three months, not only do you have to prep to take the test to get into the Navy SEALs, but you also have to lose 100 pounds. From there, it was non-stop studying, non-stop exercising. And while everybody told him he couldn't achieve it, he didn't set out to prove them wrong. He set out to achieve the one thing that he wanted to achieve. He turned that switch on in his head and said, I'm going to take the pain, I'm going to give it everything that I have, and I am going to lose the weight in order to get into the Navy SEALs. As he was going to the Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs have what is called Hell Week, and it's basically one week of no sleep, vigorous exercise. Imagine exercising 23 hours out of the day. Imagine getting one hour of sleep and imagine somebody yelling at you, trying to break you down piece by piece until you give up and until you quit. That's what Hell Week is for the Navy SEALs. You carry boats over your heads. You do push-ups until you can't pick yourself up. You do flutter kicks until your stomach feels like it's going to explode. You swim in the frigid ocean until you feel like you're going to get hypothermia. And the Navy does this because they want to see who has the will to continue to fight no matter how bad it gets. Out of the 130 students that started Hell Week with Goggins, only 30 of them managed to finish. And right before he was about to finish his first Hell Week, he was diagnosed with pneumonia in both of his lungs. A few months later, before the pneumonia was fully healed or fully cured, He managed to go back to Hell Week. He completed Hell Week this time, but right afterwards had to drop out because Hell Week had split his patella in half. He was put through so much pain, so much physical exercise that his kneecap literally split in half. And what he was told would be the final time he could ever try SEAL training again, otherwise he was never going to be able to become a Navy SEAL, he managed to finish Hell Week and to finish all of the training that came with it outside of just Hell Week itself while having a fracture in each one of his shins. And what got him there is what he said was the 40% rule. When you think that you're at your limit, when you think that you can't go any harder, you're truly only giving 40% of your maximum potential. Imagine what happens if you dig deep and you manage to even tap into 5%, 10%, 15%, 20 extra percent. Imagine being at only 60% of your true potential, how much more you could actually accomplish in your life. And that's what he said kept him going the entire time. That and he had a calloused mind. You know how we all get calluses on our hands from lifting weights. What happens is that when you pick up a weight, the repetitive nature of it builds this callus. He said that's exactly what happened with his mind. He was willing to put himself through so much pain so that his mind eventually calloused and became adept to feeling the pain so it didn't hurt him as significantly as it would hurt other people. And after Hell Week, he did finally graduate and became a Navy SEAL. He knew he wanted to do something more, though. He wanted to give back to his fallen brothers, And he wanted to donate money and raise money for their children to go to college. So what he ended up doing was setting out to fundraise as much money as he possibly could. And he wanted to do a race that was called the Badwater. And what that was is it's a race in Hawaii where essentially you are hiking a 100, I think it's like 126 miles throughout Hawaii, throughout the roads. 
uh, the terrain throughout the forest, everything. So it's basically one big triathlon. And in order to qualify for that, he was told that he had to do the San Diego 100 hurt. What that was, he had to complete 100 miles in 24 hours, and that was the only way that he was going to get into the bad water. And he did that on a week's time notice. He went out to Walmart, bought shoes, said he bought enough protein drinks to keep him going, and by the time he got done with that race, he said he felt like his body was going to shut down, and he ended up pooping himself twice because his body wasn't used to it, but he wanted to finish that race because it meant something to him. And after that, he did the Badwater. Badwater is a race that's completed through Death Valley. Imagine 120 degrees scorching, blazing desert heat bearing down on you in the middle of summer and having to complete a 120 minute race or 120 mile race. That's what Badwater is. It's not an easy task, but he managed to do it while coming in top five. Again, his first big triathlon or his first big race and he managed to get a top five finish against other competitors who do this on a regular consistent basis and that's just some of the marathons that he did but aside from that he also wanted to continue to grow as a army personnel and so he ended up enlisting into ranger school as well and because I want to give you guys a little bit of uh, what his accomplishments look like he is the only So he's a retired chief of the Navy, the only man in the military to be a part of the Air Force, TACP, three Navy SEAL Hell Weeks, having finished two of them, a graduate of BUDS and Army Ranger School, and finisher of over 60 ultra marathons, triathlons, and ultra triathlons, while, get this, holding the Guinness World Record for having completed 4,030 pull-ups in 17 hours. Again, all of this to raise money for his fallen brothers so they could put their kids through college. But that wasn't on, that wasn't his only reasoning for doing all of these races. He also wanted to put himself through as much emotional and as much physical pain as he could possibly put himself through because he had such a broken childhood that he wanted to basically prove to himself that nothing can hurt him, that he can accomplish anything that he set out to achieve no matter how bad his past was and what this does for you and I it shows us that we don't have a valid excuse for why we're not going out there and giving life our all it shows us that if we put our mind to something no matter how our past looks no matter what accomplishments we have in life no matter what it is that we want to achieve if we're willing to put our minds to it and if we're willing to embrace all of the pain, all of the hardships, and all of the difficulties that come with achieving our dreams, then there isn't anything that can stop us from actually doing so. It's not going to be easy. I mean, this man had more broken bones, more torn ligaments, more hospital visits than most people probably have in their entire life, and he had that within those 10 years of his life. But he was so determined and he was so focused on actually achieving something that he set out to achieve that he wasn't going to let anybody stop him from actually doing so. All during this time, he worked a normal job. He said he would wake up every single morning at 4 to 5 a.m., would bike 150 miles on the week or 150 miles to and from work every single day. Just because he wanted to condition himself, just because he wanted to callous his mind, he wanted to put himself through as much physical pain as he possibly could so that he would later learn that nothing could break him, that he could accomplish anything that he set out to achieve. Were there failures along the way? Many. 
basically everything that he did came with a failure. But at the same time, everything that he did, he got right back up and he went after it again and he gave it his all. He went twice as hard trying to become the person that he envisioned himself becoming. Didn't matter that he had an abusive childhood. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter that he had so many broken bones. It didn't matter that he'd been basically kicked out of school for his poor grades or that he went through hell week three times. He thrived off of that. He thrived off of the pain of going through that because it calloused his mind into showing him that, hey, you're not giving up. Everything that you've endured over the course of your life is more pain than what you're experiencing right now. And right now you're only at 40%. So it's time to tap into that extra 60% and see what you can actually accomplish. And that's exactly what he did. And that's why you need to read this book. The truth is you and I don't have a valid excuse for why we're not going out there doing everything that we can do to achieve our dreams and to live the life that we want to live. If somebody who has been as abused as David Groggins has gone through it as much emotional and physical pain as he has can still achieve their dreams, can still live the life that he wants to live, then why can't you and I? I'm not saying you're not going to have difficulties, you're not going to experience hardships. You're going to. You should expe- or you should expect that. You should embrace every ounce of failure that you experience, learn from the mistakes that you've made, and get right back up and go after it twice as hard. Failure doesn't mean you lose. You're either going to win or you're going to learn. And as long as you're willing to get right back up and keep going, you're going to do both. That's what it takes to win in life. That's what it takes to be successful, to have the life that you want to have. You have to be willing to give it everything that you want it to be. So I highly recommend you guys reading this book. This is honestly only a glimpse of the amount of things that I learned from this book. I truly cannot tell you guys how much I learned from reading this book. It was one of those where I just wasn't able to put it down. I was up every morning at 5 a.m. reading this book because I just wanted to soak it all in. So I will leave a link to it down in the show notes below. If you guys did enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast as well. It was a little bit different of a podcast, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was a really good book and I wanted to share it with you guys uh, because honestly, I think that it has changed my life for the better and I know it's going to do the same for you. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build simple steps each and every single day towards living a better life. And this book is one of the small steps that you can take towards doing so. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good day.